I love the part of that song where it says, what can I bring, you know? I've got nothing else fit for a king except to bring myself and to praise him. And that's what we're doing today. You know, you brought yourself, I'm proud of you. Now, it'd be great if you brought a friend too. I'm really proud of you. But you brought yourself and that's a big deal. You know, you ought to just thank God for yourself. Let's do that right now, yeah. I'm gonna preach on pride today because, uh, no, really, God says, hey, great job. You brought yourself, and that's what I want. I love you. I wanna have a deeper relationship with you. I want you to see how you can trust me. I want you to see that I care about every detail of your life. I want you to experience my power. I want you to see that I'm faithful. And so I'm so glad whether you're connected with us online or you're here at the Woodlands campus or our Tascacita campus, you're here to meet with God. And whenever you come to meet with God, God meets with you. You don't come to church just because the Bible commands us to come to church. It says don't forsake the assembling of your brothers and sisters, you know. It's a habit you get into, but you don't come because of religion. You come because you want to meet with Jesus. And he's here to meet with you because he planned this meeting. He put it on his calendar before he created the foundations of the earth. He knew that you would be here, and he planned on being here to meet with you in a divine appointment. And whenever you meet with Jesus, your life is never the same again. And I know he's going to speak to you today through his word. Something powerful, life-changing, and miracle-working. So let's pray. Dear God, we come to you because you're the only one who can work miracles in our lives, and we need you in every area of our lives. We need you for our next breath. And I know, Lord, that everyone who is here today or connected with us online, Lord, they, they wanna meet with you. And maybe they're skeptical, maybe let's say I'm an agnostic or even an atheist, and Lord, we always say, you're welcome here. Bring your questions to God. He can handle them. But Lord, I know deep down they're here because they want to know, are you real? And Lord, we're all here who are Christ followers. To We want to meet with you because we know we need you desperately. So, And we know you're real. And we know that you care about us and love us. You know everything about us. And yet you love us just the same, more than anyone. And so I pray today that you would meet us right where we are so that we could see how real and powerful you are and how you desire a relationship with us. You, God, our creator, created us for a relationship with you. And I pray you would work in our lives and I just pray you would meet the needs of everyone within the sound of my voice that they would see that it's you, Lord, meeting their needs and, and doing something, Lord, this Sunday that will change their life on Monday. For your glory, in Jesus' name we pray, amen. You can be seated. Some people think the way to please God is by doing certain rituals, like repeating certain prayers over and over, maybe lighting some candles, or, or, or go to confess your sins to a religious leader or once a week, or once a month, or once every 10 years, or whatever it is. But that's not what the Bible says. Some people think the way to please God is through rules and regulations. That is, if you make a list of do's and don'ts and you follow all the rules, then God will be really pleased with you. But that's not what the Bible says. 
And some people think the way to please God is through being religious. You know, it's always going to church, and if you're a good person, if you do good deeds, you observe certain holy days, you never miss communion, then God says, you're great, I'm pleased. But that's not what the Bible says. See, God is more interested in a relationship with you than he is in religion. He wants you to learn to trust him. And the Bible says it is impossible to please God unless you have one thing. And we're gonna look at that today. It's in our key passage. So would you stand in honor of God's word? In Hebrews chapter 11, which is really called the Hall of Faith chapter, it's all about faith. It says, and without faith, it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. You can be seated. God says, it's impossible to please me unless you live by faith. God says, that's the one thing that pleases me the most. We're in this series where we're learning how to let God be our personal trainer this year to help us get fit in the most important areas of our lives and there's nothing more important than letting God build your faith. So today we're gonna to do some faith building in God's gym because faith is a spiritual muscle that you have to build. It has to be strengthened. You have to exercise your faith. Sometimes it has to be broken down before it can be built up. I want us to look at a time in the Old Testament where the people of Israel's faith had almost died. Their faith that had once been so strong had atrophied over time. So much so that their faith muscles were almost non-existent. Now, we're going to look at a time around 600 B.C. And Judah had been conquered by Babylon. And so many of the people of God had been brought back to Babylon where they were living in exile, in captivity. They had lost their king. He had been captured. They lost their capital, Jerusalem. It had been completely destroyed by the Babylonians. They had lost their temple, their place of worship the centerpiece of their lives. The temple had been ransacked and burned. They had lost their whole way of life. And it's really easy to lose faith when we experience a loss in life. It could be the loss of a job that causes you to lose your sense of security or to lose your sense of identity and who you are. And by the way, if your identity is tied to your job, you lose your job, you lose your identity. So your identity shouldn't be tied to your job as part of what we do with our gifts and abilities, but that's not who we are. Or maybe you've lost your way in life and you feel like you've blown it so badly that you can never get back into God's will for your life, uh, that God no longer has a plan for you and you've lost your faith because you've forgotten that failure is never final with God because God is the God of the second chance. Or maybe it's a loss of a relationship and your world's just been turned upside down your faith has been rocked and you started to question everything that you believe. Or maybe it's the loss of a loved one that you were really close to and the emptiness you feel makes you feel like your faith is just running on empty. And you feel like you're about to lose your faith. It's really easy to start losing faith when we experience a loss. And the people of Israel had lost their freedom and just about everything that was dear to them. And they just about lost all faith that anything could ever change. But in the middle of their faithlessness, God raises up the prophet Ezekiel. 
And he raises Ezekiel up and gives him a powerful vision of how he's gonna use their pain to renew their faith, restore their hope, rebuild their lives and their nation. God gives Ezekiel this vision where he's looking out over a valley that's filled with millions upon millions of completely dried out bones, human bones, dried out and bleached in the sun. I can't think of a more vivid vision of death than millions of dried out bones, all broken apart. And God asked Ezekiel, can these bones become living people again? And Ezekiel says, only you know that, God. Then God tells Ezekiel this, and just follow along with me. It's a long passage, but it's Ezekiel 37, beginning with verse four. Then he said to me, speak a prophetic message to these bones and say, dry bones, listen to the word of the Lord. This is what the sovereign Lord says. Look, I'm going to put breath into you and make you live again. So I spoke this message just as he told me. Suddenly, as I spoke, there was a rattling noise all across the valley. The bones of each body came together and attached themselves as complete skeletons. Then as I watched, muscles and flesh formed over the bones. Then skin formed to cover their bodies, but they still had no breath in them. Then he said to me, speak a prophetic message to the winds, son of man. Speak a prophetic message and say, this is what the sovereign Lord says. Come, O breath, from the four winds. Breathe into these dead bodies so they may live again. So I spoke the message as he commanded me, and breath came into their bodies. They all came to life and stood up on their feet, a great army. So God commands Ezekiel to speak life over these dry bones. So Ezekiel tells the bones to come to life, just like God had told him to do. He commands the bones to come to life and God raises up the bones of every one of those in the valley. He restores their skeletons. Then he rebuilds their muscles and tendons and flesh. Then God commands them to speak breath into them and they come alive. Really, I should have titled this message bodybuilding because that's what God did. Millions upon millions of bodies were built. Their muscle was restored. It's God's bodybuilding plan. Now, in the vision, God rebuilds all the bodies and he brings them back to life. And the vision was to show Ezekiel and the people how God was going to rebuild his people's faith muscles and work a miracle in their lives. Let's break this down. Ezekiel 37, verse 11 says, Then he said to me, Son of man, these bones represent the people of Israel. They are saying, We have become old, dry bones. All hope is gone. Our nation is finished. Therefore, prophesy to them and say, this is what the sovereign Lord says. Oh, my people, I will open your graves of exile and cause you to rise again. Then I will bring you back to the land of Israel. When this happens, oh, my people, you will know that I am the Lord. God said the bones represent the people of Israel. Because the Israelites were saying, we become like old, dry bones. All hope is gone. The Israelites had lost their faith, and they felt hopeless that God could change their situation. They felt like God was dead. They felt like there was no hope for their lives, for their families, and for their future. They thought it would always be this way. Nothing will ever change. It's hopeless. Have you ever felt like that? Is God, when is this ever going to change? 
God, is it always going to be this way? Is it ever going to change? Will I ever get through this problem? Will I ever get through this depression? Will I ever get married? Will we ever have kids? Will the kids ever leave home? God, help us. <laughs> We're keeping um, three of our grandkids this week while one of our sons and daughter-in-laws out of town. And whoo, pray for us, you know? I think it's been five days. And man, we are worn out. So say a special prayer for us because we have such a great need today, you know, for that prayer. So we love it. We love it. But it's so great as grandparents, you get to send them back. And on Tuesday, we're going to celebrate. So anyway. (laughs) It's like, God, when is this ever going to change? God, when is my marriage ever going to change? Is there always going to be this barrier? Are we going to always be stuck? God, will I always feel this hurt, this deep wound, or will it ever go away? God, is it always going to be this way? We've all been there. That's where the people of Israel were. They had lost all faith that their nation would ever be restored. All hope was gone, but they forgot. Just because all their faith was gone didn't mean that God was gone from the situation. God was still right there. He was with them in their valley of hopelessness to take them to the valley of restoration. And God's great purpose was to rebuild their faith in the process so they would learn to trust him, so they could have a closer relationship with him, so they would walk with him so he could guide them into the place of miracles in their life, so they would see that God is trustworthy. So when they got into another problem, they would turn to God And they would see God come through and he would build their faith over and over again. And God wants to take you from the valley of hopelessness to the valley of restoration right by rebuilding your faith. But I have to cooperate with God's faith building plan. God's plan to build my faith muscles so I can experience a miracle in my life. And so let's look today at God's plan to build your faith muscles so you can experience all that he wants for you. Well, the first thing I've got to do is admit my situation is hopeless without God. We usually don't realize how much we need God until we get into the valley of hopelessness. Until we get into the valley of dry bones, we usually don't realize how much we need God. We need him for our next breath. That's always true, but we just don't think about it very much until we get in the valley of dry bones. Now, Ezekiel has to face reality. In chapter 37, verse two, he says, he led me all around among the bones that covered the valley floor. They were scattered everywhere across the ground and were completely dried out. Now, Ezekiel doesn't say, God gave me this quick five-second vision of something that I couldn't really get a, you know, a, a read on. I just got a quick glimpse. I couldn't really make it out completely, but it looked like some dry bones around, a few dry bones. I, I mean, it was just... Five seconds, it was over with. I think it was dry bones. No. He says, God took me all over the valley until I saw every single dead and dry and bleached bone in that valley. So I had to come face to face with how desperate the situation was. He made me stay until I realized there was not one living person in the valley and there was not two bones come together. All individual broken bones all over the valley. 
It was all death and all decay. God made me come face to face with the hopeless situation we were in. All hope was dead, but God wasn't. And maybe you feel like all hope is dead in some area of your life. You feel like all hope is dead, but God isn't. He's still alive. He's still working. He's still in control. And sometimes God has to lead us into the valley of dry bones, that place where we have to face the reality of our situation, the hopelessness of our situation. So we turn to the God of the impossible because he wants to build your faith in his strength, his power, his love. He wants us to learn to trust him, that he's trustworthy. Now, we're not just talking about building faith. We're talking about building faith in the only one who's always faithful. You see, you can have faith in faith. You can have faith in yourself. You can have faith in other people. But we're talking about faith in the only one who's always faithful because your faith is only as good as the object you've placed your faith in. If you place your faith in something that can change or be taken away or in another human being, then you're gonna be let down. But your faith is powerful. God uses it when you place the little bit of faith you have totally on him. It's not the amount of your faith, it's the object of your faith. Jesus said you can have mustard seed faith, just a little bit of faith, if you place it all on me and you can move mountains. And faith is not denying reality. Ezekiel had to come face to face with the reality that the situation was hopeless without God. Faith isn't saying, you know, I feel great. I'm not sick when you have a temperature of 104. Stay home, don't get around me, you're sick. Faith is not saying, everything's great in my life. I'm coming to church, how's it going? Oh, it's amazing, it's great, couldn't be better. When your whole life is falling apart. Faith is not denying reality, it's just recognizing that God can change the reality you're experiencing right now. Faith is not denying your problem, it's recognizing that God is greater than your problem. That's what faith is. But usually God has to let the problem get so bad that it leads us into the valley of dry bones where we realize we can't fix this one. We can't resurrect this situation. We can't overcome this problem. And we finally turn to the only one who can bring us through, who can give us the power to make it through, or who can move the mountain that's in our way. You see, sometimes there are mountains in the valley Sometimes in the valley of dry bones, there are mountains that stand in our way. But God wants to build your faith muscles so you can move mountains. And you'll find God's gem in the valley of dry bones. God's gem isn't located on the top of a mountain. You'll find God's gem in the valley of dry bones. That's where it is. God's gem is not on the beautiful mountaintop it's not a mountaintop spa in Switzerland where they have all the latest equipment and you can always get a smoothie after you do a few reps on, on every machine, you know, go back and get a smoothie every time. No, that's not God's gym. God's gym is located in the valley of dry bones, that valley of hopelessness where you find that God is your only hope. I believe God also kept Ezekiel in the valley of dry bones to symbolize that Israel needed to grieve what they had lost. He didn't put him in there for a few seconds and bring him out. He wanted him to stay in there so that it would symbolize that Israel had to grieve 
what they had lost. Look what Jesus said in Matthew 5, 4. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. So it's not just okay to grieve, to cry, and to hurt, and feel sadness over loss. It's a blessed thing. Because when you turn to God, you'll find comfort. But if you hold your grief in, or if you ignore it, if you deny it, uh, then you won't find comfort, you'll find anguish. So never stuff your grief down. You have to feel it, and then take it to God. Even your anger, your rage, your hurt, you gotta admit it to God, it's there. You gotta take it to God. And God's big enough to handle my anger. When I'm mad at God and I'm frustrated at God and I say, God, I don't like what you're doing. I think you're doing a terrible job of being God. And that's my opinion. I'm going to tell you what I think. I mean, I wouldn't do it that way. God, I don't know what you're up to. This makes no sense. You're doing a terrible job of being God. God loves me just the same. When I feel that way, he knows it. And he wants me to bring it to him. God loves me just the same. He can handle it. He says, bring it all to me. Pour it out on me. Just don't run away from me. Don't stuff down your grief and hold it in. Don't stuff down your anger. David knew how to grieve. David wrote most of the Psalms, and there are 150 Psalms, and 50 of the Psalms are about complaints to God. They're called songs of lament where David is just complaining to God, going, God, what are you doing? I don't see it. It seems like you're not coming through with your promises. God, it feels like you lied to me. God, I don't get it. I don't understand it. I'm so mad at you right now. But then he always comes back at the end to say, but I have nowhere else to go, and I trust you. And somehow, deep down, I know you'll see me through like you always do. And you're gonna fulfill your promises to me. He just gets it all out to God, and that's so healthy. He doesn't stuff it down. Then he takes that all-important turn. God, I told you how I feel. That's the truth of how I feel. But there's something so much more true, and that's the facts. God, I trust you. I know you know what you're doing. I just can't see it right now. Corey Tinboom says that when you're in a train and it's going through a dark tunnel, you don't give the ticket back and jump out and say, I can't see where this is heading. No, you just stay on the train because you know it's going to take you to the place for which it started out. And that's the way it is with God. Sometimes we're going through a dark tunnel. We can't see what God is up to. We can't see the hand in front of our face. We can't see God's plan. We don't understand where he's taking us. And it seems like God is nowhere around. It feels like God is dead. But in those dark tunnels, you just stay on the train. Stay on the train. Stay trusting. Stay trusting. You keep coming to church. You stay in your life group. You keep talking to God, even if it's in anger. Don't turn away from God, and you'll see that God will see you through. He'll bring you into the light, and it builds your faith. He will bring you out of the valley of dry bones into the valley of life, and it will build your faith. you got to stop in at God's gym first in those valley of dry bones, those valleys that you'll go through over and over again in life, and it's to build your faith. You see God come through. You see, over the last 30 years, Chris and I, every step of the way when we go into that valley of dry bones in some area of our lives, or when the church goes into the valley of dry bones, we go, God, how are we gonna break through this? And then we see God do a miracle and bring us through to the next level, and then it builds our faith. Over time, it just builds your faith more and more. But I so quickly forget. I'm in God's gym, and I go, I guess this is where it all ends, in God's gym here. 
I mean, and this gym doesn't smell so good. This gym doesn't look so good. And it certainly doesn't feel so good, God. You're my personal trainer and you're wearing me out, God. But he's tearing down those muscles to build them up. And for those of you who are couples and you're grieving right now, and your spouse maybe is grieving, maybe there's been a loss, maybe there's been a hurt, whatever it is, it's so important that you don't ever try to talk your spouse out of sadness and grief. It's important for healing. You've got to go through this. And we don't want to be sad. We want to be happy. I had a lady one time come up to me after church and says, you know what? I don't know if I can join this church. Everybody's so happy. And I said, you haven't met anyone, have you? You know, yeah, we're happy because of what Christ has done for us, but we all have hurts. And if you're hanging around long enough, you know, we're open and honest about those hurts and the pain. And you probably were sitting next to someone who was grieving deeply in some way. And it's okay to be sad. In fact, it's important to be sad at times, to, uh, to grieve those losses. That's how God heals you. And don't ever try to talk your spouse out of grieving. Don't ever try to make your spouse happy. You know, as guys, I, I know for me, I always try to make Chris happy. And she tries to make me happy. We feel like if we're not happy, then something's wrong. So we try to make each other happy. And I've learned it's not my job to make my wife happy. It's not her job to make me happy. It's my job to feel with her when she's hurting. And husbands, it's your job just to feel with her and to be in it with her. So she knows that you're understanding. I didn't say so she knows you understand her because you will never understand her this side of heaven. You will never understand her completely. She is a mystery. And we're gonna have a series in February about that. And it's going to last the rest of the year and into the next. I mean, my goodness. It's going to be called What in the World? (laughs) But you don't have to understand her completely if you're understanding, if you're seeking to understand. It makes all the difference. So first, I have to admit my situation is hopeless without God. And that's the way you are right now. That's the way I am right now. That's my situation right now. I'm, it's hopeless without God, but I don't have to focus on that because I've got God. Yeah. So the second thing is trust God even when I don't see it. Trust God even when I don't see it. You know what a definition of faith is? The Bible tells us what faith is. What is faith? Hebrews 11.1 1 says, now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. So faith is trusting God even when I don't see it. It's the opposite of I'll believe it when I see it. God says, no, you'll see it when you believe it. Some things you have to believe in order to see in this life. Whether you're an architect planning a building or you're an artist creating a sculpture or you're an astrophysicist planning a trip to put a man on the moon, you have to believe it before you can see it. Walt Disney died before Disney World in Florida was built and on dedication day of Disney World, In Florida, there were executives there at the dedication ceremony of Walt Disney executives, and one of them said, I wish Walt could have seen this. And another one said, he did, that's why it's here. You see, that's what faith is, being able to believe it 
before you see it. And faith is trusting God before I see it because I know that God knows what's best for me, even if I don't feel it, even if I doubt it. In my true heart, I know that he knows what's best for me. Ezekiel tells us this in 37.3. Then he asked me, son of man, can these bones become living people again? Oh, sovereign Lord, I replied, you alone know the answer to that. So God asked Ezekiel, hey, do you think these bones can live again, Ezekiel? And Ezekiel can't see how. It looks hopeless. But he puts a little bit of faith and hope that he has in God. He puts just a little bit of faith that he has in God. And he says, only you know that, sovereign Lord. He says, I don't see it, but I know you can do it if you want to. And God may be asking you today, do you think I could bring that dream of yours back to life? And you're saying, I don't see it. I don't feel it, but I trust you, God, that if you want to, you can. Maybe God asks you, do you think I can restore that broken relationship? And you're saying, I don't see it, but I trust that you can, God, if that's what you want to do. You have the power to do that. And Ezekiel says, God, I don't see it, but I trust that you can do it. He trusts that God can do it, and he trusts God with it. He says, you decide, God, because I trust you to do it or not, to do it your way, to do it how you want and when you want. Only you know, sovereign Lord. I have to come to the place where I trust God's sovereignty, that he knows more than me, that he knows what's best for me, that he will fulfill his promises in his way and in his time. So secondly, I've got to trust God even when I don't see it, to stay in that place of trust. And then thirdly, obey God by speaking in faith. Obey God by speaking in faith. Speaking in faith is really important when you can't see it or feel it. Ezekiel 37, four and five says, then he said to me, speak a prophetic message to these bones and say, dry bones, listen to the word of the Lord. This is what the sovereign Lord says. Look, I'm going to put breath into you and make you live again. So God says, Ezekiel, I'll work the miracle. That's my job. But here's your job. Speak life over these dead bones. First, he says, hey, can these bones live? And, and Ezekiel, does I say Elijah? No, it's Ezekiel. So Ezekiel, right after God asked him that, he says, it's up to you, God. So he does the first thing. He gives it up to God. And that's what we've got to do when we're in the valley of hopelessness. Say, God, I know you can. And so I give it to you to do it your way, how you want, when you want. I'm going to trust your sovereignty And then secondly, God says, I'm going to work the miracle the way I want, the way I know is best for you, but here's your job. Speak hope over this valley of hopelessness. So Ezekiel obeys and does what God says. I don't think he felt it. I don't think he was full of passion. He probably didn't feel full of faith at that moment, but in faith, he obeyed God and he told those dry bones to live again. He spoke restoration over brokenness. He said, God commands you, dry bones, to live again. Live, live, live. He spoke life over death because God told him to do that. And now look at the great chapter of faith again, Hebrews 11, verse 3. It is by faith we understand that the whole world was made by God's command so that what we see was made by something that cannot be seen. And so Faith is believing that God, our creator, spoke the world into existence. 
Isn't that amazing that God spoke and the world was created? He said, let there be light. And in a split second explosion of light, all matter was created. And it was created out of nothing. So what we see was made out of what was not seen. Isn't that amazing? God spoke. There's power in the spoken word because now that Christ has come and he lives inside our life, Christ was there at creation. God himself, and he spoke the world into existence. And now he gives us the authority to speak so his plan comes into existence. God wants us to learn how to speak. When God gives you a promise, and he gave Ezekiel that promise that he was gonna take the nation of Israel and bring them back, he was gonna rebuild their lives, their families, their nation, and build their faith muscles in the process. And God says, that's what I'm gonna do, so you speak to these dry bones and tell them to live. And God says that to you today. I don't know what valley of dry bones you're in, but God wants you to speak to it and say, death, you come to life. Live in Jesus' name. Have you ever spoken to the mountain that you're facing? God tells us we're to speak to the mountain that we're facing. I don't know what mountain you're facing, but you know we pray to God and ask him to remove it, and God wants us to do that, but then God wants us to speak to it and say, mountain, it's time for you to move in Jesus' name. You move out because God's moving in, and he's gonna knock you down. It's time for you to move. God wants you to speak it in faith. You see, that's your part. God's part's to work the miracle. Our part's just to obey God. We surrender to God and go, God, you do it your way. God, I trust you with it, but I'm gonna do my part and see what you do. I'm gonna speak to this mountain. I'm gonna speak to this mountain to move, and I'm gonna do it in your name, Jesus Christ, who lives in me. That's what you can do as a believer. That's the authority God's given you as a believer. And there's power in the spoken word. There's power when we speak in faith. And he doesn't say, Ezekiel, you need to feel it. You need to be passionate about it. You need to just really go at it. No. He says, you do it. You do it, whether you feel it or not. You do it, whether you can see it or not. You do it, and I'll knock the mountain down, and you'll walk through and then your faith muscles will be built. You can see, I can trust God. You speak it, so what mountain do you need to speak to? What valley of dry bones do you need to speak to and say, in Jesus' name, death you move out and life you move in. It's time. What do you need to speak to today? It's a prophetic message because it hadn't happened yet. You speak to that mountain. You speak to that marriage problem and you say, it's time for a breakthrough. And so, hurt, bitterness, confusion, conflict, I speak to you right now. It's time for you to move out because God's moving in and he's gonna give us a breakthrough and he's gonna work a miracle. You speak to that mountain in Jesus' name and the mountains fall and the valley of death comes to life. I don't know, maybe it's in your business, maybe it's in your finances. Maybe it's in your health. I don't know what it is, but you give it to God and say, God, you do it your way. You're sovereign. You know better than I do. Only you know, sovereign God, but you can do it. And then God says, then your job is to speak. Now, many times we speak in grumbling and complaining. 
Now, it's okay to grumble and complain to God. God wants us to do that as long as we take that turn and say, okay, God, but I trust you. I don't feel it. I'm not gonna be fake about it. You don't fake it, you faith it. And you faith it by going, God, I don't see it, I don't feel it, but I'm gonna trust you, I'm gonna obey you. I know that you're God, I know you'll come through. Deep down I know it, you always have. That's how you faith it. But many times we speak words, negative words, and we grumble and we complain and we get what we say. There's power in the spoken word. The reason all the Israelites died out in the desert and a whole new generation had to come up before they went to the promised land is because they were griping and grumbling against God. That's called the sin of unbelief. The sin of of unbelief It's saying, God, I don't believe you're gonna come through. And it's not taking that turn. It's not griping to God and taking that turn and faithing it. It's just walking in unbelief, walking without faith in God. And so just know that when you say something, there's power in those words. Your words go before you and prepare the way for where you're heading. Those words are like magnets that pull you toward them whether it's good or bad, the Bible says there's the power of life and death in your tongue and the words you say. You say, Carrie, I don't wanna be fake. It's not being fake when you speak in faith, even if you don't feel it, that's the truth. You're speaking the truth. Your feelings are your true feelings, but they're not the truth. You admit your true feelings, but then you cling to the truth of God's word and the promises of God And that's what Ezekiel did. He spoke to the valley of dry bones. And here's what happened in Ezekiel 37, seven. So I spoke this message just as he told me. Suddenly as I spoke, there was a rattling noise all across the valley. The bones of each body came together and attached themselves as complete skeletons. And there's this rattling noise that starts as these bones start coming together. I mean, can you imagine millions of, Bones coming together. It wasn't just a rattling. I mean, it was just like a a jet plane taking off and all the noise that came together, all the rattling and the rumbling. I'm sure it felt like an earthquake coming together because God said, suddenly, I'm gonna bring death to life. Suddenly, I'm going to take you out of the valley of hopelessness into the valley of hope. And that's what God did. And he spoke breath into their lungs And they lived again to show that Israel would live again, that God would rebuild their faith and their lives and their families and work a miracle to bring them back to the land, to the promised land. And so maybe God's got the promised land for you, but you're not taking a step into it because you're speaking negative words. And and I'm not talking about a positive attitude. Just understand that it's great to have a positive attitude. I mean, what's the alternative? A negative attitude? I'd rather hang around people that have positive attitudes. But what I'm talking about is a positive faith, that you have faith in God that he's gonna see you through. And when you speak those words in faith, God begins to work. And maybe God is waiting to work a miracle in your life because you're not speaking in faith. But when we speak in faith, somehow God uses our little bit of faith and he mixes it together with his great power and he knocks the mountain down so we can walk through. He raises up death to life. Do you believe that, Woodland Church? I know he wants to do that in your life. So let's stand together and let's pray. Dear God, I thank you that you are the God of hope. And I know that every one of us in some area of our lives are walking through the valley of dry bones. 
and it looks like nothing will ever change. It feels hopeless. We feel stuck. But Lord, I, I pray that we would open our eyes to look for your gym, because it's right there. And some of us have been walking around it, but it doesn't look like the greatest place, so we're trying to avoid it. We're trying to run from it, but Lord, help us stay right there in your gym so you can build our faith muscles, so we can admit that it's hopeless without you, but then we take that turn and say, God, but we have you, and that changes everything. And then, Lord, help us to believe it so that we can see it. Help us to, in faith, choose to believe it, whether we feel it, so that we can see it. And then, Lord, I pray that you would help us speak in faith. Speak to that valley of dry bones that we're in. Speak in faith to that mountain and say, you move, mountain, in Jesus' name. You move out. God's moving in. The breakthrough is gonna happen. Lord, let us speak in faith because when we do, it builds our faith. It builds our assurance. And you begin to work. And as you bring us through, help us to remember the whole purpose is to build our faith in you so we can see that we can trust you, so we can live the life that you've called us to, a life of trust, a life of faith, where our anxiety is gone, our worry is gone. No matter what's going on around us, we have peace because we know you're the Prince of Peace, that you are in control. And Lord, I pray for those who've never received you, that right now they would just say, Jesus Christ, I admit I need you. I admit I need you to get me to heaven one day. I admit you're the only one that can forgive me of my sins, so cleanse me. Come into my life, Jesus Christ, through your Holy Spirit and just fill me up to overflowing and I accept your free gift of heaven and salvation. Now build my faith muscles. Be my personal trainer, the Lord of my life. Help me follow you from now on and build my faith muscles. For it's in Jesus' name we pray, amen. Woodlands Church, I, I want you to know that we're not gonna leave here without speaking to that mountain. We're not gonna leave here without speaking to that valley of dry bones and saying, you live in Jesus' name. You live in Jesus' name. And so we're gonna sing in faith. And when we sing this song, we're gonna come to a place where Stephen's gonna ask you to repeat, live, live, live. And you yell it out, you yell it out as loud as you can and you think about your mountain and you speak to your mountain. Maybe it's a whisper, and maybe it's yelling, whatever it is, but you speak to the mountain that's in front of you. You speak to the valley of dry bones that you're facing and you tell it to live in Jesus' name because it is time for a breakthrough. It is time those dry bones come together and start rattling and it's the rattle of hope that you hear. Hope in Jesus Christ. Our situation is hopeless without him, but I'm not gonna dwell on that or you because I have him in my life. And you speak life, you speak life, and you tell those dry bones, you live in Jesus' name. Let's sing it. Do you hear the rattling? Yeah, the rattling noise of hope is building in your life. And whether you feel it or not, God's filling you with hope, and you're gonna speak it in Jesus' name, and that mountain's gonna move, and God's gonna move in. Those bones are gonna come to life, and you're gonna live again. Let's sing. Hey, church. Thanks for listening to the Woodlands Church with Carrie Shook podcast. By listening, we hope that you're encouraged wherever you are. 
If you haven't already, we'd love for you to subscribe to our podcast so that you can get the latest messages each week. For more information on Woodlands Church, check out the description for a link to our website and how to connect with us. We hope you have a great week.